Our Lakeshore campaign features content that some viewers may find uncomfortable, including gun violence, drug use, and sexuality. For more detailed information, including full content warnings and transcripts, check out the show notes or our website, therealmscast.com. Previously on Many Realms. Knox gets a visit from his bandmates Nat and Jackson, but they surprise him by inviting a Catholic priest to their rehearsal to save Knox's soul. Knox reveals to Father Brewer that he sold his soul to a demon in exchange for a life-saving intervention when he was 10 years old. The priest's efforts at an exorcism are cut short, however, when Laxies appears and slaughters him. Knox tells Nat and Jackson to skip town before receiving his next mission from Laxies, to find the Ark and return it to the Drake Casino. Meanwhile, Simon and Roman decide to sample the sunshine the wolves have been producing behind Rex's back. When Roman suffers an intense reaction to the drug, Kitty and Simon bring her to Hotch, who convinces them to sneak into his lab at the distillery. He manages to cure Roman and the gang realizes that whatever ingredient is missing from the knockoff sunshine also causes the drug to react badly with fey-blooded creatures, making their efforts to track down the original recipe all the more vital. Hi, I'm Joria, and I play Kitty the Oracle. It's good to be here. Hi, I'm Jillian. I play Susan the Hunter. It's good to be here. Hi, I'm Jordan. And I'm Eli. And I play Knox the Tainted. And I play Roman the Fae. And, and it's, it's good, good to, to be, be here. here. I'm Jesse. I'm the MC, and I think we should split up and look for clues. Welcome to Many Realms. Soinks! Four of you, once again, are attending a meeting of the Naturalist Society led by Susan Starling. It's been a couple of days after your meeting with Arthur Cho, maybe another day or two after your... um, You all had kind of a a frantic Sunday fun day this week. So maybe this is like your nice Tuesday night meeting where you can all check in, share your rose and your thorn, and discuss what you would like to do next. Grace and Joan talk about how uh, Joan has been trying to spearhead some uh, like sub patrols because Susan sometimes has other business to attend to with this wolf situation. So the girls are trying to go out and uh, in this meeting, Joan proudly holds up a dead imp by the foot that she managed to shoot down herself. Um, thankfully, there haven't been any resurgences of huge demons uh, in the last few weeks, but by that same token, the girls are worried that they're due for a storm because the small demons keep coming, and Joan is maybe equipped to beat them back as much as possible, but she's only one lady, um, and the the mood is like triumphant that they're still holding the line, but you can also see Susan, especially, that fatigue is starting to set in uh, as these women are getting more and more involved in the work that you do. Mm-hmm. Well, excellent work, Joan. Uh, thank you for taking this up. I, I know it's a lot of work. Um, just, you know, why <laughs> why this society kind of is what it is. Um, so, I, again, thank you all very much for the work that you do. I think uh, we all have some uh, news to share. Uh, so thank you all for coming, everyone. Um, we've uh, learned that new sunshine isn't uh, good sunshine for everyone. Whatever is missing from the drug uh, has made it dangerous to imbibe for uh, certain people, namely uh, fake creatures. Yeah, it's not great. There's a gaggle of whispers uh, among the group. Which certainly complicates things as the Fae in the West End are they're huge stakeholders. Uh, in regards to sunshine. So, um, in the interest of keeping the powers that be uh, content with uh, the sunshine supply, it's become increasingly urgent that we have the formula to um, assist in the in the production if everyone is still on board to continue with that. Um, and we can get that at Drake's Casino, so shall we get back on the heist track? 
Knox, do you have anything to share with the group? You're always so quiet at these meetings. Well, I actually met up with Nat and Jackson again. Uh, they came by the cafe and we had a, we had a, a, a practice. Um, though I've, I've told them to since skip town because everything I think that's unfolding here, I just don't think that it's a good idea for them to stick around. Wise. Um, I, I think I think everyone in this group has made it quite uh, obvious uh, what their skills and, and talents are and how they can they can assist in in the heist or whatever we're up to. But I'm I'm not exactly sure what you are contributing. Ooh. Right, does this include these other like old ladies? Hey, they're working hard and being compliant. Is is that included in what you're saying? Oh yes. Yes. Okay, I'm thoroughly insulted <laughs> at this prospect that these old ladies are uh, more capable than I. Well, I think Kitty might, like, kind of obtusely say something along the lines of, like, well, he can transform into that thing and yeah, protect into us. Yeah, into a bloodthirsty killer. I don't know if you know this, but yeah, my uh, my my dad, who now might be my 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 late father, uh, was actually a, a mafioso himself. So I have, I would say, a lot more knowledge of how this whole thing works than really anyone seated at this table. And that's the biggest thing that I that I really bring. Uh, I, I also remind you that I do have this little thing, <laughs> Groon Gun. Pretty cool. And I have a switchblade, which is not that cool. It's it's one of the ones that's a comb, so it's like a... But it's still good, but it's a comb. All right, so you have connections. Have you been in contact with any of them? Uh, do you do you know people who work at the casino, or, or, or do you think you could get a, a lead there? I've been trying to lay low and live a simpler life for a while, but uh, circumstances have seemingly not allowed me to do that. So it would take some digging and some doing, but uh, yeah, I think that I can make something happen. Great. I think I think that would be uh, really valuable. My society here, you know, has their connections, but they can be limited. So if you can expand the scope of, you know, where we can get information, I think you could uh, prove yourself quite valuable. Oh, well, I'm, I'm glad that I meet your standards. <laughs> I just smile at you. It does not reach my eyes. <laughs> nice, nice. I approve. <laughs> what do we know about the casino? Like, that we would just know. I will tell you that Arthur has done a ton of research, as you saw at the end of 8 or whatever, when he like showed you his little, his own conspiracy board. Um, if, if you are going to do this kind of under his banner and accomplish these goals for him, then he gives you access to that information fully. Yeah, maybe maybe the way to go about it is like, tell me what your hypothetical plan would be and I'll give you the information that would supplant that plan. At least Kitty is well positioned to just go in pretending to be like in the clientele. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's something she would want Simon to be her partner in, go in to have like a night, like a drink or something. Mm -hmm. um, um, meanwhile, Knox and Roman sneak in a staff situation. Yeah, I'd be on board with that. Okay. The main floor of the casino, casino floor, like the gambling zones, are mostly rich mortals who are unaware of what's going on, mixed in with a healthy contingent of Rex's wolves who hang out there when they want to feel like clean up, but mostly just kind of um, guard the place, keep close eyes, attend to Rex's bidding, Arthur Cho knows that Rex's offices, maybe like extra spaces, more like the headquarters of his operation, is beneath the Drake Casino, uh, beneath the ground floor. And uh, Arthur is not aware of any way to get, like any public way to get down there. The wolves are keeping that one tight-lipped. So your, your real knowledge of it is mostly limited to like the public-facing stuff with like scraps of information of Rex's real operations. We need to find, like, a feasible way to take over two worker bees and then get in and then we can find the right doors. I have Bedlam. I can use it to direct fear of Rex Lemaire in a person. That guy is afraid, doesn't want to work at the casino anymore. 
we take his shit. So we all have a way in now. But we don't have like cell phones or anything. We can't like text each other while we're in the casino. <laughs> okay. Okay, let's meet after a certain amount of time inside the casino at a landmark. There's a big fountain in the middle that like people always walk by. So then we can meet at that fountain. And then it's like a little subtitle appears and it's like 24 hours before the job. Blah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jesse, maybe this is kind of like wacky, but um, is there like anti-werewolf material that I can try and like get? Even if it's something I can like put in a cigarette and just like... Like garlic for wolves? Like water yeah. for chocolate? Silver? You know some... You know werewolves. Yeah. I think it's fun to ask them. Okay. I probably talked to Calvin. I can like give him an update um, on Alan, and at the at the same time ask for a favor. So maybe the next afternoon you get into your Simon garb, you hop on your motorcycle, wave goodbye to Mister and Missus Singh. They're chilling. It's their afternoon off. Dancing to the radio in the kitchen. God, I I love them. I hope they make it. And you roar down over to Calvin's garage. He is really, um, I think, surprised and uh, regards you with some intensity. Normally, he's kind of lounging over by the door to the interior of the garage. But this time, he kind of jogs over to you before you've even gotten the kickstand down and gotten off your bike and taken off your helmet that I imagine you wear for safety reasons. And he uh, he leans forward and he grabs your your handlebar um, and he's like, hey, 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 Simon, what what's happened? What do you know? Uh can I, can I come in? <laughs> yeah, um, sorry. I just, I I heard all these rumblings about a bunch of shit that went down at the docks and I, I just figured you must know something about it. I do. I was hoping to hear from you soon. Yes. Okay, come in, come in. We'll, I'll get you a, a Coca-Cola. He hands you a, a soft drink from the vending machine. Carl, Carl B is sort of um, hovering in the background, too. If you'll recall, Carl B was the feisty one that got into a fistfight with Calvin because they have different feelings about the werewolves of the docks and Alan. I don't I don't like eavesdroppers, so I'll I'll speak quietly um, to Calvin. Yeah. So uh, I've, I've seen Alan. I've, I've seen him. He's. Uh, same, uh, is he is he OK? Is he hurt? You have to. Right. Stop pausing <laughs> dramatically. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, maybe maybe you heard about um, a bit of a scrap at uh, Trixie's, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't, he doesn't seem to be on good terms with uh, a lot of them, um, as you know. There's kind of. Uh, but he's but he's not hurt. He's he's okay. He's he's all right now. He he did get hurt there, um, but again, he he's fine. He's being taken care of. Um, I guess the the reason he doesn't come home is because he's um, well, I don't know, got a boyfriend. Oh, did you meet him? Yeah, he, he uh, I think, I, I think he takes good care. Yeah, you think he's a good guy? Yeah, I, I trust him. The tension kind of melts out of his shoulders when you tell him that Alan's okay and that someone's taking care of him. And he, uh, kind of leans back and rubs his temples a little bit. I'm, I'm glad you're here, Sai. I just wish it was sooner. I've been on pins and needles for the past week ever since I heard about what Carl B knew and every night I was just thinking about all the horrible things that could be happening to him out there and I don't know I'm glad I'm glad you did what I couldn't do and go out there and see for yourself it it means a lot that you've come to tell me of course we are good friends very, very uh, stiff of you to say it that way, but yes, we are. Oh, I don't mean it like that. <laughs> we are good friends. Yeah, I mean, is there is there anything I can do for you? Do you need a tune up? Is your is your uh, piece okay? Like, yeah, um, I have maybe a bit of a, a strange or, or awkward question for you. Now that I'm in in a bit of a mess with um wolves that don't like your brother very much. Is there anything that wolves in particular don't like or that is like particularly harmful to them? <laughs> Jeez, Simon, I mean, uh, kind of a loaded question here. Am I, am I sure you drove your way all the way down to my street with some good intentions in your heart? This uh, ultimately helps your brother. 
Okay, I mean, you want... What do you want, like a weapon? It doesn't have to be lethal. I'd rather it wasn't. Okay, that's fair. Um, You probably know the, the standards. I mean, silver, kind of piercing anything vital is gonna do it right then and there. I know someone, but you said non-lethal, and I, I thank you for it. Um, Carl B. is like, what are you two talking about over there? It <laughs> sounds illicit. <laughs> Did I talk like this before? I don't remember. Now you do. I don't remember either. <laughs> <laughs> so many episodes ago, but Carl B. is breaking out. It's a limelight. Cal says, uh, I mean, if you wanted to make one sick... Wolfsbane would uh, do the trick if it's uh, ingested or if it's boiled and then that's that's drunk. Is that is that easy to come by? <laughs> if you know where to look or in our case uh, where not to tread. I think there might even be some growing in Fairmont Park if you're uh, if you're canny about it. All right. Sure. Just. Uh, I don't know. Just. Don't say that I'm the one who told you this or anything. I mean, it's it's. I don't like these guys that are are not fans of Alan either. It's just a us wolves. There's a a certain kind of family sort of vibe. There's it's a lot of clan loyalty. It's not really my place to be. And I'm repeating other wolves that you've heard before. And that's because I'm committed to uh, consistent world building. Um, it's not really proper of me to to tell you things like this. You you swear. You're not going to do anything shady with this shit, Simon. <laughs> I think the whole thing is shady, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, Cal can't really, fig- like, it's like, are you, like, I don't know, it doesn't kill them. But it's like, Cal feels uneasy, obviously. Right. You're like, what's your kryptonite? Mm. And he's like, I guess I can show you my kryptonite <laughs> store, but I don't want to. <laughs> I don't think I can make that promise. Well, then, promise me whatever you do you'll keep an eye on alan and his new buddy yeah of course okay he uh he details to you um several sections of the park that you could collect wolfsbane in and he gives you um a description of the plant that you can use to you just know how to get wolfsbane now cool i would like to use my hold on foretellings to see if i can find any like i guess just foretell any uh, obstacles or anything we might need to know when we get back home in um, my very, very cluttered new bedroom, try and instigate a mission about how this plan is going to go and what possible pitfalls there might be. Yeah, you get your foretelling, and those usually involve people getting into danger. I think that you... I'm not going to do like the whole exact sequence again of you open the locket and sniff the flowers and whatever. You can just cut and paste that from episode three or whatever. But you uh, sit cross-legged on your bed and you try to enter that kind of meditative state that you normally do. The parallels kind of suggest themselves to you that the last time you really like sat down and did this, you were in your luxurious, huge uh, bathtub. You had like gentle music and scents and you like knew you were alone and private and safe. And now you're crammed into like a closet of a bedroom in your half sister's house that's covered in demonology materials. And someone upstairs is like having sex or doing home repair or something very distracting. And it's um, just a very unkitty situation for you to put yourself in and try to enter this trance. But you're resilient. And uh, what did you roll on your foretellings? Nine. Uh, on a seven to nine hold one, during this session, you can spend your hold to declare that something terrible is about to happen. And I get plus one to avoiding it. Yeah. Since, yeah, since... um. Our sessions don't you like the thing that you envision usually happens later than a single session. They'll just be like when you're in the casino, when you encounter this situation, you'll get plus one. Mm-hmm. And it didn't really happen with the werewolves because you ended up just not doing that plan at all. So for this instance, I think then you see God, Kitty, you see so many rooms, but you see a different room this time. And this room is windowless, relatively featureless, uh, dingy, dull, dark. In the back of this room, is what looks like a uh, solidly built jail cell-like structure. There is a a barred-off corner of this uh, featureless, dingy room somewhere. And in this room, in this little cell, 
you see some shifting shadows. There's a figure in there, although he's hard to make out. Um, he looks like he might be wearing some like tattered blankets or rags instead of proper clothes. And then you hear the doorknob of this room turn and you see the door fly open. And standing in the doorway is Knox. He is wearing a uh, nice suit. It looks like it has a little bit of blood on the sleeves already, not a plus. And when he enters this room, he stops short and he stares slack-jawed at what he sees in this cage in front of him. As the creature crawls forward and more light from the bare bulb casts onto his face, you can see a man who looks like Knox, who has a, a floppy silver hair, maybe 25, 30 years older. He looks like he's been starved and badly beaten. Uh, he looks a wreck, and Knox and this older man lock eyes and say nothing across the space of this room. And then behind Knox, you see a arm reach into the doorway, a long, uh, dark arm with uh, nice manicured nails holding a pistol that gets placed against Knox's temple. The night before you're going in, you are staking out, essentially, the... Um, the whatever back alley that you think employees might come and go and use to enter the Drake Casino. That's correct? Yes. And then take his uniform. Do either do either of you spend much time downtown? Is this like the bougie district? I can't remember. This is like bougie core downtown. Like not West End whatsoever. Uh, time the time. Time the time. I think I was born around here and then I've never come back. Yeah. That that tracks. You track down the Drake Casino, which is this like beautiful glittering jewel of a building um, in the heart of downtown Lakeshore. Um, it has open kind of like front garden patio section that is really neatly manicured and, um, you know, beautiful spring flowers are starting to bloom in the planter boxes all along. It's got a kind of, I think, neoclassical, like there's stucco sort of as a facade and there might be columns around that kind of, you know, a classy casino trope. Um, everything's very like gently curved and there's lots of like beautiful flowing lines and circles um and on the street behind there is a service alley where delivery trucks uh offload and pick up supplies to and from the drake casino and that dingy alley is probably what you all sneak around to what i mean like tell me about this tell me about this you're in this alley you're like you think shift change is going to be in 10 minutes like what's the play Okay, we're watching from a distance, maybe, maybe trying to look like two other people on a smoke break on, like, the adjacent building. Okay. All the while watching them, and I'm saying to Knox, like, as soon as we see them moving in and turn their back on us, we've positioned ourselves so that to get back into the door, they have to turn their backs to us to get in, right? That's how I think every so, door works. <laughs> as soon as they move towards the door, we'll rush forward and time it so that there's just that one last guy and we'll grab him by the collar and be like, hold on, hold on, buddy. And start off like we're starting a conversation so that it doesn't draw attention and he doesn't like yelp out to his friends. Okay. Feel like I need you to roll for this to some extent. It sounds a little more like mislead, distract, or trick. I agree. Well, lucky me, <laughs> because I have... um in our blood and when i use trick i roll with heart instead of mind 10 10 yeah that's a 10 okay nine plus one on a 10 plus you get to pick three of the uh options listed which are create an opportunity expose a weakness or flaw confuse someone for some time or avoid further entanglement how many of these do i get you get three out of the four three. okay Wait, I that's pick like the entire plan I this is this is gonna cover like the situation of of this plan. Everything but the second one. I don't need to expose a weakness right now. Okay, so you're gonna create an opportunity, which is uh, you probably make some noise or do something to lure one employee a little bit further away from the rest of the group, so that the rest of them kind of go in without noticing. Um, I use all my practice to create a robin chirp. <laughs> that's grim. That's dark. And it works. It sounds like a bulldog. <laughs> Yeah, the last employee stomps out their cigarette and takes a couple extra steps over just to sort of casually peek down in the alley. And I think that's when you and Knox strike. This uh, employee is 
tall, scrawny, I think probably closer to Knox's build than your build, wearing a crisp white work shirt with the Drake Casino logo embroidered on the breast and like a nice um, skinny tie and a vest, nice uh, uh, work pants and dress shoes. They have hair that looks like it is kind of like shaggy and um, bleached blonde and like a lot of dark roots are poking through. So maybe it's something like Roman makes this sound and then Knox like slams the door shut when this employee steps away. Okay. Yeah. I mean, okay, so so Knox shuts the door to give us this opportunity, but we're not approaching him aggressively, right? Like No. Are you tra- I don't think this person is more Yeah, they're not scared of you yet. There's just no reason for them yet to like not go back to work now that their smoke breaks over. Yeah, yeah. So but we'll approach them and be like, Hey, um, and j- like, just to get closer to them, like, strike up a kind of intriguing, confusing conversation, and it- confusion is one of the options that we rolled for. Uh-huh. Um, hey, have I, yeah, I know you. Yeah, this is, uh... What? I don't know. Uh, don't... Jerry! Jerry! No, my name's... Jerry! Oh my god, Jerry! Here. What, who? I don't, sorry, I have Wait, to go back... Come... And then by the, I think at this point we've approached, like, touching distance of him. Okay. And I'll, uh, I mean, I just need to touch this person to make it happen. Sure. And I, I touch him and I look at him and I'm like, Rex Lemire is terrifying, isn't he? You should get out of here. Oh my God. I think, I think he's looking specifically for you. And this is the first time you've taken uh, corruption before. Is that correct? No, it's the third and fourth time. Oh shit. You're, um, you're feeding into that darkness, Roman. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> um, so you. Oh, me too. <laughs> Yeah, you took you corrupted like instantly, like fucking milk that someone left <laughs> out. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, you you place your hand on this employee's shoulder. You can see their name is Alex by their name tag, and um, you whisper this dire warning of Rex's impending uh, betrayal and vengeance on this, um, you know, twenty-one-year-old like werewolf barback or whatever, and. Um, they look at you with wide eyes and they go, where, where can I hide? We're safe. Where do I go? Uh, oh, do you have the priest car keys? No, you don't. You I have the priest car keys. I like that. Sure. Does he? Okay. Well, um, I'll tell him, hey, man, like, we're here to help you. Let's switch clothes so he never knows you worked here and you're going to take these car keys and get out of town. Where, where do they go to? Where's the car? Why do you need my clothes? Uh, do you know, uh, fuck, what's the name of the cafe I live above? No, I don't think don't you ever named you. it. You don't give me any names or anything. <laughs> oh, yeah. Whatever the cafe name is. Um, do you know that cafe? Uh, in, in, in the West End on, on, uh, Ash Street? Yeah. As that's happening, I'm, like, untying his work apron and, like, tying it on sh- me. <laughs> I'm dressing him. <laughs> t- <laughs> Um, if okay, so go there. The mm-hmm. license plate is beep 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 M seven four L. Beep beep beep. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Just drive, drive all the way now out of town. Take the car as far away as you can. Okay. Um, Alex. Do I get to swap clothes with him? Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. They're baggy. <laughs> well, yeah. I I describe them as being Knox sized, and Knox I think is like um, fairly like on the tall oh, and lanky right. side. Maybe you brought like a spare jacket or something that's you know sized enough. Um, I hope you don't leave this person looking unpresentable or like indecent. Well, that's why I was thinking because I'm already wearing men's clothes anyway. Whatever they like, they'll fit him. They're bigger, and Knox can be like I I perform here. Whereas, like, I don't have that skill right. to be anything but, like, a busboy. Okay. Alex, when uh, they're reclothed, sprints out of the alley and catches a streetcar heading west. I don't think this will last forever. I think corruption, using your corruption move probably makes it even more intense and probably gives it, like, a good duration. Um, probably for the length that you need to be concerned about. But um, this person will probably eventually realize what's happening and will come back. Who knows if that'll affect us or not. Okay, well, hopefully they don't know where to find me. <laughs> okay, so you now have, like, a little basket full of wolfsbane. Um, a strange secret about some room somewhere at the Drake Casino. And uh, an employee uniform with a name tag and an apron for the Drake Casino. Yeah, so I'm wearing the outfit and I'm carrying the musician. 
Into I love that. And I got my guitar case, but inside isn't a guitar. It's a gun. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Rex Lemire's little pistol, like, clattering around the inside. Yeah, what is in um, there? Uh, ukulele. Guitar picks. Uncooked pasta. <laughs> also, did uh, did Knox bring the Ark? Uh, wouldn't that mean the Ark is in my guitar case? Okay, so what I want to do is I want to, you know, move my dining table, move the nice uh, rug, probably not that nice, dig up the floorboards, take out the lovely arc, and stuff it in my cool jazz guitar case, which, as you might guess, my plan is to not have my guitar in the guitar case. <laughs> and uh, I want to set out for the casino. Okay, so yeah, okay, great, great. I like this scene then of the four of you rolling up to this casino. Roman, now in the guise of the employee Alex, kind of bluffs nervously past the security guard, pulling a long, tall, white-haired man who's holding a guitar case and strutting confidently into the casino, although right onto the show floor and not where musicians go at all when they're playing a venue. <laughs> 20 minutes later, Kitty and Simon roll up. I think Simon's wearing the best, uh, like, thrifted scraps of men's clothes that he has around. And uh, Kitty has reclaimed her clothes from her apartment. So she's got, um, can we get like a look moment from Kitty? Yeah. She has black elbow length gloves. Oh yeah. A new look, like, you know, a like a Dior new look style dress. Mm-hmm. Not an overbearing pattern, but it's also not plain. Sure. And I think it's in like a very jewel toned, not bright, but not like pastel colors. It catches the eye just enough. So yeah, this this elegant society lady swans up, politely uh, offers her identification, enters the casino with this um, uh, <laughs> maybe more wary looking gentleman behind her. They, the doormen open the door for you and you enter this like beautiful sweeping vista. Indeed, in the center of this room, there is a fountain that's spurting up um, jets of water that are hitting like beautiful colored lights that hang from the ceiling. There is the murmur of refined society conversation all around. At the security table, uh, since you're standing in this fountain zone in sort of the center of the casino, it's no secret that you can see the lumbering form of Mickey, one of the goons who made the assault on the hardware. He looks like he's running security at this joint. A woman with uh, dark skin and beautiful haunting eyes is uh, leaning into a beautiful piano performance at the far end of the room at a small stage. Knox, uh, if you care to look, you recognize the woman who is playing the piano as the young lady who you saw play at the Hummingbird way back on your birthday three weeks ago or so. Waiters are circulating around with drinks, with, um, I guess, chips for people to play, um, various card games. There might even be like a retro-ish slot machine. I don't know when those were invented kind of thing. Um, You know, beautiful, heavy leafed ferns everywhere. All of that elegance, all of that opulence. And um, Kitty, you you own the place. You're like a fish in water after um, three weeks of living in a, a horrible, rundown tenement housing in Fairside. You swan over to this fountain. Um, a waiter, you know, greets you, and with the complicated and subtle language of gestures and nods, you find yourself with a dry martini in your hand, no olives, and you spin around and take it in as. Uh, you see intersecting you, um, Roman in this ill-fitting uniform, toting Knox, who uh, has probably not been inside a casino since he was uh, son of the mob by Gordon Corman. And um, the four of you gather beneath this fountain as uh, music chimes, conversation swirls, and your plan unfolds. I try to foresee some of what could happen here tonight. Uh, I know that we're going down into the basement of this building. Knox, you're going to find a man. He looks maybe like he could be a relative. I don't know. I don't know if you have anyone who might be here you would know about. But um, if you do find him, there will be a woman following you down there that's going to be dangerous. So please be aware. Keep your wits about you. Make sure you're ready in case you're going to get hurt. Well, I mean, now that I know, I should be able to avoid it. Oh, that's not always how it works. Yeah, that's Knox's uh, interpretation of, of, of fate and visions. He's like, oh, well, now that you've told me, it's it won't come to pass. 
historically. <laughs> All right, so I had an idea. I have Wolfsbane, which I think can incapacitate um, at least a few people. And if we pick our targets carefully, then uh, we can get some information out of them that could uh, help us get what we came here to get. Kitty, I'm going to need your help with this. If if we can identify somebody who Arthur has uh, told us is, you know, heavily involved, and hopefully they're not working here, but they might be, um, I was hoping that we could pass it off as, you know, Kitty buys a drink for, for someone, or, or I buy a drink for someone, but the Wolfsbane is in the drink, and when the drink is delivered, then they start to get sick, and then we follow them to the bathroom. We lock them in the bathroom, and then we question them. You spy Angela Whitcomb over at the blackjack table, chain-smoking, uh, kicking back in her wheelchair. She looks like she's about three gin martinis deep on this, you know, Thursday evening or however long it's been, and um, she's got a steady pile of chips next to her. I think she's pretty good at cards. I bet she's counting them. She's also not a werewolf. Jordan rolled with power. If if you're if you're so now you're saying I want there to be a guest here who's a werewolf that um, might be involved in this high enough that I can point. Okay, then you would need like photographs of them to be able to recognize them. For example, I am going to meet you halfway because that's the most interesting place to meet people in fiction and tell you that you do have names. One name you've been advised that frequents the Drake Casino regularly is a werewolf named Ben. And you don't have a visual on Ben, you don't have any photographs or anything like that, but um, it is possible that through the exquisite art of conversation, you might be able to identify and locate this individual. Does that seem fair? So, not to like insert myself in your plan, but that's exactly what I'm doing. No, please. I'm open to that, it's okay. <laughs> I feel like... It'll be easier because obviously you can't just be like, let's go to the bar and then subtly like drop the wolfsbane into a drink while he's with you or whoever is with you. I dressed as a like server. I feel like it would make sense for me to walk around with this tainted drink or just like a number of drinks that I can taint at any point with this wolfsbane. You guys give me a signal once you find Ben. I'll bring it over. That's a great idea. I love that. Great. Nox, do you have any um, thoughts about this plan or your place in it? The wonderful songstress from The Hummingbird is humming her song. But I, I, like, there was nothing about that. It was just a really good performance before, correct? I know I inquired about her, but I remember it just being, oh, like, that was amazing. And I imagine it's equally as amazing now, but I don't really think, given the situation of being incognito, unfortunately, I can really engage uh, at least right now. The opposite might be true because it seemed um, when you were watching her that she, she gave you a, a big old hairy eyeball once or twice during her set. If she regularly plays at this casino, then she might know the regulars at this casino. Yeah. So I'm going to go to the bar, grab some drinks, roam around. Um, Knox is going to go wait for an opportunity to speak to this woman. Someone give me a show me a hand signal that's subtle enough. That's not gonna alert anyone. Can I can I tip my hat at you? Sure. So Roman, you are again clad as a uh, staff member of the Drake Casino, and you're gonna make your way over to the bar to start your shift and clock in. Um, the uh, bartender is a young gentleman, uh, maybe 22, 23. He's got. Pitch black, very neatly parted, gelled back hair, and deep brown skin and big brown eyes. He is, you know, I guess just like finishing preparing a drink or <laughs> methodically rubbing a glass with a rag, doing his idle animation. <laughs> his name tag says Nav. I didn't look anything like Alex, right? They look. God, no. Like the exact opposite. Exact opposite. Okay. Make sure that name tag is not still on me. Okay. <laughs> um. Go up to Nav. Um, I'll order like five of the most different drinks I could think of. Like an ale, a vodka soda. Uh, someone help me out 
out here. What are some very different drinks? A Cosmopolitan. A Cosmopolitan. A Tom Collins and a Daiquiri. Jesus, God. Or, no, no, sorry. One of them is straight whiskey. Yeah, okay. Nav listens to that order, um, and he um, says, you got someone who wants to try one of everything? I've got a lot of, I've passed by a lot of people. He uh, reaches below the bar and grabs some uh, supplies, ingredients, does his job. He starts making these drinks, um, but he looks back up at you and he says, first day? I don't remember seeing you at the at the shift meeting. Oh, um, no, I started like, well, my first shift was last week. It's second day. His eyes glance over to the spot on your apron where your name tag should be. I know, I know, they haven't given it to me yet. Uh, uh, and then Trey on one hand, reach out. I'm Sam. Sam, uh, Nav. Uh, okay. I mean, have a good have a good shift. Let me know if you need anyone to show you the ropes or anything. Um, his head kind of moves a notch, and you see his eyes flick over to the nearby security booth, where uh, Mickey, who again has um, definitely seen all of you and like tried to shoot most of you, is boredly reading a newspaper. And he says, Nav says. Okay, um, have a good one. Hey, you too. Walk away. Hopefully these five drinks last me long enough. I won't be back at this bar. You're going to, um, just, like, do laps until you think it's time to, like, drop off one of these drinks to whoever? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna do laps and not actually drop off these drinks, but when we see, like, Ben or this pianist, I'll kind of maybe try to, like, size them up. Or maybe ask them, like, what they would like and say, like, hey, we have this, like, whiskey on the house. Got it. Let's cut over to uh, Simon. You've you've delivered your uh, great heist speech to kick things off. And now your goal is to find this werewolf in question. What's your methodology? I think the best way to get to know people is to play a game. And that's why I brought Canasta. No, we're at a casino. Let's go play craps. I know. I just, I love the phrasing of it. <laughs> could be the best work retreat ever. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, do you have a favorite game? I probably do. Yeah, do you know what? I probably like roulette because I like the whole thing where you like blow on it and you're like. <laughs> There's so much theater to it. Um, you two decide to mosey over to the roulette table. And it's pretty crowded. It's a it's a brisk, popular night at the Drake Casino. And uh, I assume you're going to play and, and wager. Since it's Kitty's favorite game, I imagine she's doing fairly well for herself. Um, at as the like the game like finishes and a new kind of round starts up, um, someone else walks up to the roulette table next to the two of you. It is an older woman that Kitty you recognize as Ivy. Ivy, who is oh, shit. the head of the Lakeshore Friends of... No. Wait, was Ivy the one who was semi-nice or the one who I fucking hate? Ivy was semi-nice. Um, Ivy fired me. Well, Ruth hated you. Yeah, that's true. Ivy was nice about it. And Ivy is married to Charlotte, Charlotte being the woman that Kitty foresaw making some of Rex's guns. Okay. Simon, you're my cousin. <laughs> <laughs> I take my hand off your waist. <laughs> Hello, Kitty. Uh, I I didn't think I'd run into you here tonight. How are you? You look lovely, darling. Thank you. I'm doing well. I just needed to blow up some steam this evening. How are you? How is everything at the um huh society? Well, th- you nailed the pronunciation of that. Let me say. <laughs> It's been a very busy and exciting time. We are gearing up for uh, an exhibition at the uh, at the Lakeshore exhibition, of course. Oh, of course. Um, Mayor Graham has tapped us to uh, spearhead some of the efforts of artistic development in Lakeshore, seeing as we have been the the steadfast uh, curators and celebrators of this city's fine artistic presence in these past many years, and. Uh, I don't want to reveal too much, but I hear that the exhibition will be a a treat for all, and I. Kitty, I do hope that you'll join us and that there's no hard feelings, of course. Of course. I wouldn't miss it. Um, oh, (laughs) you're not Philip, are you? Um, my name's Ivy. It's a a pleasure to meet you. I worked with Kitty um, some time ago. Oh, hi. I'm Simon. My cousin. Your cousin? Yes. From... You two look nothing alike. Uh, The... I look like my mother's side. Simon looks like my father's side. The K 
came Funny from across out. the pond just for, for oh, the next are you, couple weeks. Oh, are you a tourist here? Yeah. Oh, lovely. Welcome to our fair city. Yeah, Kitty's showing me around uh, all the all the hot spots, you know. Tell me, what's your favorite part of Lakeshore? Oh, goodness. Probably the lake, honestly. There's a reason why it lent its fair name to our city. 50% lake, 50% shore. <laughs> I'm sorry, I that's had to. That's just how it... That's the, that's the calculation. That's how it works. Um, is this your first time at the Drake Kitty? No, I came for a few galas with Philip raising money for this and that. Well, uh, it's a shame he can't join you tonight. I would have loved to see him, but... Um, yeah, he's been so busy planning for the, for the exhibition, you know. Oh, I hear he's practically chained to his desk in City Hall with the amount of work he has. Oh my goodness. I've been seeing less and less of him oh. as we get closer to the day. You poor dear. I'm sure he'll turn up. You know, men are like, uh, that, I guess. I'm actually a <laughs> lesbian. I forgot until I was finishing that sentence. I should go find my wife. Uh, it's been so nice to talk to you today, Kitty. And to meet you, Simon. Yes, a pleasure. She saunters off. Um, Great. Pulled it what? off. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you, you were just pretending to be yourself in front of someone you knew. <laughs> so that was pretty, it's a pretty good dry run. Damn. Well, I, I turn to Kitty and I say, is that going to be a problem? <sighs> Maybe. Great. Super. And then I re-engage at the table and just kind of uh, ask, like, hey, anyone seen uh, Ben around lately? Uh, two of us had some business. There is a very petite man, very colored uh, suit that looks very, like, fancy, done up with a little ascot and everything like that. He's sipping on maybe a mint julep, and he says, um, I think he said he'd be down in a few minutes. He hates roulette, though. Do you think you could, you could point him out to me? Uh, a colleague connected us, and they're not here, and just really, I'm dying to talk to him. Uh, he looks at his watch, this fancy little man. He looks at his little watch, and he says, Well, it's it's coming up on 8 o'clock. I think if you sit at the blackjack table for more than five minutes, you should see him before long. Oh, thank you so much. He raises his drink to you. Knox, shall we jump to? Yeah. Knox, do you want to hang out by the stage? Yeah, is there an empty table? Of course, sure. Uh, how expensive are these drinks? Oh, actually, uh, I see Roman, and I wave my hand, like, uh, in the air and kind of, uh, beckon. <laughs> uh, okay, what's the hand signal? Well, I'm sitting alone. I ignore you. <laughs> I'll go over to you. Oh, I t I'll take the Cosmo. I give you the Cosmo. <laughs> I sip my Cosmo and I take it in the show. Unless you're trying to um, particularly avoid uh, the gaze of this pianist, um, eventually as she's playing, uh, she catches your eye. And indeed it is the same woman that you saw at the Hummingbird so long ago um, with uh, her long, delicate arms, her uh, large afro, um, her long blue midnight blue kind of gown. Um, and she's playing similar a similar set to what she played at the Hummingbird because you sort of get the sense that maybe that was like a, a one-time thing for her and she just brought out her casino set for the night. Um, and uh, yeah, as she raises her head and surveys the casino during uh, a long piece, she again makes that strong eye contact with you. And since you're sitting somewhere trying to get the, the best kind of sound, I'd say you're fairly close to her mm -hmm. and I'd say the eye contact is fairly intense. Um, after another couple of songs, she cuts the set short, she uh, grabs a small handbag sitting next to her at the piano bench, and she bows to some mild applause and makes her way over to the bar. Okay, I guess I'll go saddle up next to her at the bar. Okay. She's uh, drinking a... Cosmo. She's, she's not doing a Cosmo, she's doing a shot of whiskey uh, as you walk up to the bar next to her. You also see out of the corner of your eye, again, Mickey is uh, kicking it in the corner. He looks like he's doing a crossword puzzle. He's not far from you is all I'm trying to emphasize is that the security station is right next to the bar. Okay. Uh, have we met before? She uh, takes the shot, slams the glass down, and stares at the 
back wall of the bar without making eye contact with you. She says, what are you doing here? Trying to get a little bit of information on the happenings in this place. Sit down. I am sitting down. <laughs> Posture check. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, I straighten up. Information about what? Is there like a... A senior employee only section? Maybe a uh, wonderful, amazing performer section of this place? She arches her eyebrow and she says, There's my dressing room, but you're not getting in there without an invitation. No, that's not quite what I meant. Um... I'm only in love with jazz. Sorry, sorry, I'll shut up. Um... I think that you might have an inclination about what it is that I'm looking for. And so maybe we can skip the meet cute and you can tell me maybe where you think what it is that I'm looking for is. Why would I have the least reason on earth to trust you? I think that we're kindred spirits. At least in some regards. She orders another shot of whiskey. You do your job, I do my job. I don't think messing with a good thing is the way to go here. Yeah, I, I, I respect that. Okay. Well, thank you for your time. Uh, sorry, before I do go, I turn around dramatically with my Cosmo. <laughs> and I take a sip of my Cosmo. Pink foam on and the And I take another lip. sip. <laughs> Take another sip of my Cosmo. Oh my god. And I ask, what is your name? She looks at you and uh, a soft smile plays around her lips. She says, Hazel. And you? Knox. Be careful, Knox. You need to figure this bitch out. I know. Come on, you're killing me. I definitely want to try. I would like to try and figure her out. Okay. Uh, you can roll with wild. I mean, yes. Is that an affection move? No, it's not. Just mind. Just use my keyboard. Ooh, he didn't figure her out. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, that's a four. It's with mind, isn't it? It's a three. That was a three, yeah. Not a lot of mind in Knox's skull. <laughs> if you're the same faction, you get a question anyway. Uh, how can I put your character in my debt? How can I put Hazel in my debts? So I, I take, just while you're thinking, I'll, I'll just enact this for you. Um, <laughs> so I take my sip and she tells the name and I turn around and I pivot one more time. And I come back and I slide back into the seat and she's looking the other way at the time. So she's like, what? Why'd you come back? And I'm like, there's something you need. I think she finally looks over to you and makes again that same searing eye contact. This woman has like some, some intense energy deep inside of her that comes to the surface whenever she holds your gaze. And she says, Same as you, Knox. I just want to be free. But we both know that's not going to happen, so shut your mouth. Get out of here. Ooh. I accept that for now. Okay, you did still roll pretty bad, so I don't think you're going to be able to get much more out of her at this moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and now's not the, the time to necessarily... This is a not good um, position to be in. That's fair. Yeah, uh, once you peel off, she maybe has one more drink. And then she makes her way. Um, she makes her way back up to the stage, but instead of sitting at the piano, she uh, crosses behind uh, the little like curtain backdrop of the stage, and you can hear um, a door click open. She passes through, and it slams shut and locks behind her. Um, okay, no, I think that that's that's uh, in 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 the Knox world. That's that's pretty beneficial. Um, uh, not a lot in the. Uh, where to go now in this situation. So I guess 
I'll reconvene with Roman. Mm, I'm working. Go away. I I I sip my Cosmo at the bar. Simon, did you want to go to the blackjack table? As mentioned, um, that is where Angela is stationed. Um, you were not at Simon when you met her, but um, your disguise is not bulletproof for sure. So that's a that's a definite risk. Um, that being said, Angela Whitcomb has never met Kitty or Roman. Um, so there are people that can safely go to the blackjack table. Mm-hmm. Kitty, do you know how to play blackjack? Yes. Cool. Although, I'm bad at fibbing. I'm not very good at it. Uh, that's alright. Um, would you be so kind as to wait for Ben at the blackjack table? Because there's someone else at the blackjack table that I don't want to talk to. Um... If you see the woman chain smoking, she, uh, that's, that's Angela. Uh, she's the one who asked us to steal the equipment from the wolves. Understood. So, so you're going to go to the blackjack table. You are going to, um, ask for Ben, and then you're going to order him a drink from Roman. And then if he starts to feel ill, you take pity on the poor soul, and you start to follow him to the washroom. I will join you. Done. All right. And I make my way to the blackjack table. Sure. You smooth your skirts and sit down at this blackjack table as the dealer deals you into this round. Next to you, as mentioned, is Angela Whitcomb in her wheelchair, although she's changed out of her lab coat to uh, a nice formal like blouse and pant set. Um, as mentioned, she has a, a sizable stack of chips next to her, and there are a couple of people playing blackjack with you as well. She looks over to you as you sit down. She says, I haven't seen you here before. I'm not here often. Once in a blue moon. Are you any good? No. Mm, that's a shame. <laughs> Do you have a lot of money? Some. All right, better than none. You don't seem to have a lot to offer Angela, so she's not interested in doing anything besides taking her steady share of your poker chips, um, which she's, again, pretty good at doing that. It seems like she's been playing blackjack here for hours. After a while, uh, as Simon predicted, another fellow joins your table. He is a um, big, burly man stuffed into not a cheap suit, just like an ill-fitting nice suit. He's got some suspenders that are kind of like straining a little bit, and he's got a... uh, big oversized kind of like trilby style hat that he um, takes off and sort of lowers to you, Kitty, as he sits down at the table. How do you do? I'm quite well, thanks. And how are you? Just fine. Uh, my name is Katarina. How, what's yours? My name's Benjamin. I like call for Roman. Okay, come by. What are you drinking tonight, Benjamin? <laughs> I like rye. Rye? The only problem is Eli doesn't have rye. Well, so here's the thing. Rye is just Canadian whiskey, which means that they look identical. It, he will only know the difference if he drinks enough whiskey, which it doesn't matter. He only needs to drink one sip. Yeah, he's like, this tastes like wolf's bang. Um, I actually would have guessed he's a whiskey drinker. Great. I would have laced it before I got there. Um, he's going to take a sip, but he's not going to realize that it's... I mean, he might realize that it's rye. Doesn't matter. He's going to get sick anyway. I need Roman to make mislead, distract, or trick, and I think I need Kitty to make persuade an NPC because this is kind of the crux of the plan, right? Okay, cool. This is where all these all these pins are in there. So air. I have inner okay. blood, which means I can roll with heart instead of mind for that. Nope. No, I did a bad job. I failed. Um, that's a six. It's a failure. We both failed. Here we go. Let's let's buckle up. Simon, you watch from near the roulette wheel as Kitty glides over to the blackjack table in her beautiful gown and turns on her charm to strike up a conversation with Benjamin. She smooths her hair back behind her ear and gives her earlobe a tug, and Roman, on the other side of the floor, furtively taps the contents of a vial into a tumbler of rye and makes a beeline to the table. For the first time in a while, it feels like you are in total control of the situation. 
Then, you see him smell the drink, his eyebrows furrow, Roman scurries, Kitty blanches, the drink sails away on another tray to be tossed, along with the rest of your hopes about tonight running smoothly, down the drain. Thanks for listening to episode 10 of Lakeshore. If you want deleted scenes, peeks at the notes of yours truly, or the chance to have a character named after you, check us out at patreon.com slash many realms. Benjamin is named after our patron Ben, and Ben, we are so sorry for what happens next. On that Patreon note, we are excited to announce that we have hit our first pledge goal. Thanks to our esteemed patrons, this podcast no longer loses us money, which is an incredible first step toward making this project sustainable for all of us. We're working on a Patreon-exclusive bonus episode as a reward, so look for that in the coming weeks. You can also keep up with new episodes and important info on Twitter, or follow our Instagram where Jillian keeps a running list of all the clues so far. Both of those are at the Realmscast. We'll be back on June 23rd for episode 11. Bye!